Welcome to Talking With Tech. My name is Chris Bouguet and I'm here with Rachel Nadel. How's it going, Rachel? It's good, Chris. So what's going on? How have things been? So I have a story actually to share. Um, a few months ago, I feel like at this point, I remember reaching out to you via Marco Polo, which is how we sometimes communicate with each other, which is just video messaging. And I was sharing with you about a client who I was working with who was having some trouble with reading and writing. This is a fifth grade student. And um, long story short, I've been working with this student and I had some roadblocks with family. There were some tools that I feel like could be really helpful or I felt like could be really helpful for the student. And basically the sentiment from the family was, we don't want a crutch. We don't want her to have this crutch that she relies on. We want her to do it on her own. So I reached out to you, Chris, and I was like, Chris, help me. <laughs> Chris, help. One, because you, I feel like, are so good with assistive technology in general. Um, you obviously have your amazing book, which I bought and need to eventually have you sign. Um, <laughs> but I also like was struggling with like how do I approach this family and communicate the fact that just having a support doesn't mean it has to be a crutch that she's not, you know, going to rely on that so heavily that she won't learn how to, you know, read on her own or write on her own. Um, do you remember that, that Marco Polo that I sent you? I do. I do. And I've heard that argument from parents or, you know, people before, usually teachers. There's sometimes teachers that are like, well, I don't want them to use that technology because then they'll never learn to do it themselves, you know? And the, 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 the classic assistive technology response to that is, well, how do you eat, heat your food? Like, do you use microwaves or do you use an oven or do you go out into the campfire because that, you know, how do you wash your clothes? Do you have an old washboard uh, and or do you use a washing machine like technology helps you and you don't it's not it's not a crutch. It's uh, or glasses. Another example is gla glasses is a classic example of like, so I'm sorry, your eyes are just you, you can't wear glasses because you have to uh, have your vision blurred. Like, no, technology helps you. Um, and, and, and the technology in some cases can be instructional where the technology can actually help you learn how to do something. I know, um, like, for instance, a recent episode, we had audio cardio where the technology helps you become a better listener. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was so hard because... You know, it's this balancing act when you're in private practice, especially because it's like parents hire you and it's like, okay, do, do this, Rachel. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to do this thing, this, this teaching, but I think that there's a tool that could be potentially helpful. Um, you know, and so what, the way I approached the situation was, let me at least just start integrating some of these tools into my sessions. We'll start playing around with them. I uh, started Google Read and Write uh, with a student, and we started, you know, I started teaching her how to use it. Um, but fast forward, now she's using it more regularly for classwork. Um, you know, I had to have a family discussion. Um, we actually had a team meeting, and um, the way I broached it was, like, she's doing so great with this. Like, she really is doing so great, and she doesn't always use it. Um, and, and during my sessions, I teach her how to use it and when she could use it, but she doesn't always use it. Um, she almost uses it as, like, if she's unsure of a word, she'll highlight it and listen to it. Um, you know, we still work on, because she has dyslexia, so we'll work on breaking words down into prefixes and suffixes and root words, and, you know, we work on those things, but I really really want to empower her to have skills when she's stuck, right? To give her independence, more independence, because what's happening is she, she gets stuck and then she just like pretends that she's not stuck and just like either reads it incorrectly or pretends that she knows things that she doesn't. Um, you know, and so I don't want that either. And so I want to give her tools that she's able to feel more confident, um, because you know, she's getting, you know, a little bit older. And so she has this intense awareness that she needs support. And she doesn't want to look like she needs support. Um, and so, you know, there's an element of that too, where there's really easy tools that we can, you know, integrate, especially now with online learning, she's been doing all of her learning online. Um, you know, it's so easy to just like click on Google read and write and just like, it's like a, it's like a, a, a little like, you know, tutor or a little like SLP right there. Like, you know, it's like me when I can't be there, when she's reading a paragraph, you know, during a classroom assignment. 
Um, so anyway, I'm excited to report that family's on board now um, with your tool suggestions, Chris. You gave me a lot of really good uh potential ideas to use with her. Um, Grammarly was another one. Actually, I set that up on my computer for her and now I'm using Grammarly and loving it. <laughs> and so I'm like, thanks Chris for Grammarly. <laughs> you're making my email sound way more eloquent. It's a crutch, Rachel. Now you're not, you're not gonna learn the grammar rules yourself. So Rachel, let's talk about uh, besides Grammarly and Read and Write. Well, let's start with Read and Write. Wh what is that exactly? And what strategies does she use with that particular tool? Exactly. Specifically the text-to-speech feature because she has problems with reading. Um, and so what we'll do is we will highlight words in paragraphs that she's reading that um, she'll identify words that maybe she, you know, doesn't know. Um, as kind of a last resort, she tries to kind of read it and then she'll you know, highlight the text and it'll read it to her. Um, but it's especially helpful when she's writing. So being able to listen as she's typing to hear what she's typing back, um, you know, we do it both in real time, but also um, sometimes I'll have her write something and then we'll highlight the entire paragraph and she'll listen to it back. And then, you know, she'll spell a word wrong and it'll come out real wonky. <laughs> and she'll be like, that is not right. <laughs> or like, I forgot the, or, you know, so she's able to, she really benefits from listening back to what she's writing. Um, and I feel like a lot of, a lot of people that, you know, is really helpful for. Um, and so those are the two features specifically. There's also a feature where you can look up a word. Um, so it's like a dictionary feature. This is like the, there's like a free version, but there's also like a, a pro version, um, which I totally got suckered into the pro version. Um, <laughs> cause it's super helpful. There's a lot of really awesome things. Um, so yeah, we've been using that and at first it was like I was giving her remote access of my screen, but then eventually I had the conversation with family that was like, hey, like, I think you should actually get this for her computer and she can use it when I'm not here because, I mean, obviously I had to teach her how to use it. Um, and she was so cute. She was like, I had and it introduced it because I didn't want to just like say, oh, here's what we're doing now. We're using this tool. I just kind of slowly like dripped it into some of my sessions. Um, and at one point she was writing a summary. We work on summarizing. She was writing a summary and it was really cute because she was like, uh, Rachel, what's that like fun button thing where she's sort of describing Google read and write. She's like that thing, like that thing could help me right now. And like in my head, I thought, yes. Like, this is exactly what I want. I want her to know when to use the tool, right? Because oftentimes what we do as educators is we're like, oh yeah, like remember, do this, remember, spell check, remember all these things. But it's like, if we can teach kids how to kind of check their work on their own, um, it's just such an exciting thing to see as a clinician, to see her like realizing what she needs and advocating for it. So a couple things there, man, there's a lot to unpack in what you just said, and that's so exciting. Um, so Read and Write, first thing, so everyone knows when I talk about it, is that they have been a longtime sponsor of the AT Tips cast, my, my former podcast, and uh, they're our current sponsor over at Nightlight Stories, where my wife and I do the, the children's stories together. And so uh, because it's such, a, it, we, it's such a tool that we have come to really like and use uh, a lot in our own family, but also in our school district. So our school district has purchased Read and Write for everybody. Um, and it's one of those tools where now, yes, someone with a disability might start using it. And then they're like, their, their buddy looks at him next, next, what, what are you using? Or they'll be now over, you know, a Google Meet or something. They're like, we just hit the, the purple puzzle piece. And so now it's just something that's just, it's just a part of a, a tool that you can use that, that anybody accesses. My own kids access it. The text-to-speech tool, like you said, there's the free version and then there's the paid version. The text-to-speech thing is free for anybody at any time. The premium version is actually free for teachers. So any teacher can sign up and get the entire premium version for free. It's the students that you'd have to pay for, like if I want it for my classroom or for my uh, for your entire school, which is, I think, the way to go uh, is if you can afford it, go with your entire school because it's just a universal tool. Then it doesn't like segregate kids out into those who need it and those who don't. 
own. It's just let them internalize, like you said, come to their own. Oh, I could use this. Um, so, and I love that thing that she's using it to check her own work. How many times, uh, how many times have you sent an email and then you go back and you read that email and you're like, oh, or a report, you know, you're sitting there at the IEP table and you're reading that report over and you're like, oh my gosh, I put the wrong name in or, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I spelled that wrong. Well, if we could just hit the play button and use that as a level of editing in our editing checklist, you know, uh, okay, I'm going to check for spelling. Yep. I'm going to read it over. Yep. Did I listen to it? Because inevitably, if you listen to it, your ears will pick up the mistakes that your eyes missed. So it, it makes total sense to you. So that's so exciting to hear that she is, um, is using it now and then just finds it as a tool that's uh, useful for her. Yeah, and it's no different than like, you know, spell check on like Microsoft Word, you know? And actually, I just had this flashback. Remember the little, um, do you remember when Microsoft Word had the paperclip? Oh yeah. It was like an animated paperclip. Clippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it would like tell you what was up. I mean, that like was like a game changer, I feel like. Um, you know, and it's stuff that we all use, so. And it's it, it was hard to explain that, I think, to the family because, again, like they just look at it as a crutch and this idea that like we want her to do it on her own. She should be able to do this all by herself, you know, but she's learned over time using the tool like that's helped her learn and more importantly, be, be successful because part of the problem with her is she has you know, very little confidence when it comes to school. She feels like she's not good at school. She doesn't like school because she feels like she's not good at it. And so like a huge element is empowering her that she can do this on her own. Um, and so, you know, a lot of what I weave into my sessions is just like, you know, really praising her for, you know, thinking about, you know, how she can advocate for herself. Because as I mentioned, she, she started off when I first started working with her and I've been working with her for almost like a year now. Um, when I first started working with her, like she was like a master at just like pretending like she knew everything. Um, she would just like, I would be like, Oh, like, were there any, you know, words in that paragraph that you didn't know, you know, what they were either reading or understanding what the word meetings were like definitions of words. And, you know, without fail, she'd be like, yeah, I got it. And then I started like being like, oh, like, you know, what does evaded mean? <laughs> or like some like word that I was like, mm, did you actually know what that meant? <laughs> um, so we've worked a lot together on, you know, building that trust so that she can tell me when she doesn't know a word. And I'm like, there's no reason that you, you know, should have to tell me that you understand something that you don't. The whole reason we work together is so that I can help you. So if I know what you don't know, that helps me like, assist you and teach you, um, when you need it. And so anyway, it's been like a really cool process to see her really opening up, um, in that respect too, and being more comfortable sharing when she's not sure of something because before she would have just been like, yeah, I get it. It's totally fine. I understand everything. And so it's like being able to say like, no, I don't understand. Um, and now she's able to take it a step further and, you know, figure out what tools or what potentially could help her. I think that's a really important concept for kids to to under, come to understand or people to come to understand in general. Uh, and I feel like school kind of sets you up that way, meaning um, traditional school, you go, you take a test and you only get, you know, an 80 on it. You feel like there's 20 percent you don't know. But and so you feel like you're supposed to get 100. And so therefore, I'm, I'm a, I didn't do as well as I should have. And I there's all this as opposed to leaning into those mistakes and leaning into those um, those errors and being like, OK, how can I do better? What what um, what do, don't I know? What do I want to learn more about? And kind of uh, taking charge of that and being OK with it, like the, uh, understanding that you'll never know it all. That's part of growing and learning is that you'll, and there are constantly words as adults. I don't, I come across them like, I've never heard this. How, how can I be um, my, my seller 23 year old body and not have ever come across this word before? You know what I mean? Like, how is that possible? All my years, I've never seen this word. Well, because we're always learning new words and new concepts. There's just too much out there to know. And that's okay. Right. One other big strategy there that I think could help her or others is I know my own kids use the strategy. I know I use the strategy I'm about to tell you about, and I'm going to set off everybody's devices that are listening, is that's to use Alexa. Alexa, what does evading mean? You know, uh, Alexa, how do you spell evade? You know, when you say those words and then Alexa gives you that information, 
that's just a, that's another form of, of technology that can help you. And it's, again, not a crutch. Learning the skill is learning to, to be okay with asking for help and ask, using the technology for help. And then um, knowing when to use it, like you said. Like, okay, I'm, I'm not sure I understand this, so let me go here and use that tool. Exactly. And I think that one of the best ways that you can help students is think about the things that you do as an adult. Right, because we're preparing kids to be adults. <laughs> and what do we do, you know, as adults? When I don't know a word, I Google it, right? Like I look it up, <laughs> you know? And so teaching kids that strategy, that's the most important thing we can teach. Like we can't, you know, teach all of the content, right? Like there's tons of content in school. And, you know, you might learn it and then forget it. Like I feel like I did with most of the content that I learned. Um, but what you need to teach is how to get the answers to the questions that you have, how to figure out the answer. That's what we teach our kids. Um, you know, those compensatory strategies to say, I don't know in response to a question they're, they're not sure about. Um, and this is, you know, this is great for a fifth grader with dyslexia and also for an AAC user. Um, you know, you can, you can teach compensatory strategies like this to all of the kids on your caseload. Um, you know, and so the way I like to think about it is like, what would I do? Like, what would I do if I was in this exact situation? I would ask a teacher for help. I would ask someone else. I would ask a peer. I would, you know, look something up if I had access to the internet. Um, and so I think it's important that we can kind of teach kids how to do that. Um, especially for my kids who are older, they have cell phones. I'm like, well, get your cell phone out. <laughs> you know, like, what would I do if I was in this situation? I would like get on Google or whatever and I would look it up. That is the big shift in education from teaching kids content to teaching them how to learn about the content and, and learn from themselves. And I'm just so happy for the direction that education is going in that, in that way and using technology to help you get there. Absolutely. Speaking of technology, this is a technology podcast and we need your support. We have a new goal, Chris, I've decided. Remember when we had that goal of getting 100 reviews on iTunes and I was just talking about it incessantly during every episode? I do remember. And guess what? It worked because we have well over 100 reviews on, the, on iTunes right now. Exactly. So I have a new goal for us, Chris. I want us to get to at least 100 Patreon members. So right now we have 74. Thank you guys so much for all of our Patreon members who are listening to this podcast episode. We love you. Thank you so much for your support. Um, you know, we've done a lot of cool things since we started our Patreon. The biggest one is our new website, talkingwithtech.org. I'm so proud of that website. It's so great to see, you know, the, the money that we got from the Patreon. We could funnel it back into our podcast and we created that awesome website. Um, so we just want to keep growing this podcast. We want to do a lot of really cool things, um, but we need your support. So if you would join us in our Patreon, we would be so grateful. Patreon.com backslash talking with tech is where you can find us on Patreon. Um, we're really excited about our Patreon community. We send bonus episodes and apps and lots of things. Every interview we have, um, we always ask the person that we have on if, if they have anything that we can share with our Patreon members um, to show our support for you guys supporting us. Um, so 100 Patreon members. Do you think we can do it, Chris? Absolutely. I think we can do it. I would also add that sometimes we throw some bonus content in there. We've been in like an average of one a week so far with a little extra bonus segments, either you and I have recorded or some videos that we've made of specific tools that we're using. It's all sort of a hodgepodge of materials that go in there, but all good stuff. Eh? We constantly are like, oh, the Patreon supporters, they might really enjoy this. So they might really find this useful. And so we're always kind of put, trying to put new information there as well. Yes. So please join us on Patreon. We would love your support. And it's it's awesome. A lot of the like AAC celebrities have been joining our Patreon, Chris, which I'm really excited about. Um, I just got a message actually from Marlene Cummings, who joined us. Thank you, Marlene. Uh, Marlene, I hope to have on our podcast. She came on briefly. At one point, I interviewed her at ASHA. Um, but I want to have her on for a full episode. Did you interview her too? I did at ATIA. Oh my goodness. We need her to have, we love Marlene. Marlene, come back on and join us. <laughs> so we're going to get to a hundred Patreon and it, so we're going to try and get to 100 Patreon supporters. If you already have supported through us through Patreon, please share that. Please go ahead and tell people at at uh, at your Zoom meetings and in, and tell people at uh, family parties that you that this is what you subscribe to. Get the word out that um, that you're a Patreon supporter. We really appreciate it. Chris, what's our interview today? So 
just before the pandemic struck, I was lucky enough to go out to Arizona and work with Caroline Musselwhite, where I did a presentation on coaching for her conference that she does out there, AAC in the Desert. And afterwards, um, there was like a little party at Caroline's house. And just before the party started, I was able to get Deanna Wagner and Krista Howard. And uh, those are kind of two famous names in the field of, of AAC and say, come, come, come with me. And we went into a room and we chatted about uh, being an AAC user and working in AAC. They're all out and about program and uh, and just everything that, you know, they're they're just so fun to talk to. Uh, if you don't know who these people are, you're going to totally love this interview. Um, and that was back in the day, like I said, because I got on the plane, came back, and that's when everything shut down. I almost got trapped in Arizona. So th- you're going to love uh, Krista and, and Deanna. It's just a fun, f- such a fun interview. Well, without further ado, let's head into Chris's interview with Deanna Wagner and Krista Howard. People all over the world need augmentative and alternative communication. Despite the global need, some areas of the world don't have access to the same resources as others. Low-tech AAC can be a functional, cost-effective way to bring communication to more people universally. Low-tech tools are also used widely by high-tech AAC users to have a backup or alternative means to communicate. These low-tech tools often get torn, crushed, crumpled, soaked, or otherwise destroyed easily. They aren't often made with durability in mind. Enter PixiePal, a durable low-tech solution. Place printed symbols in transparent plastic containers called Pixie Snaps, which fit snugly into a portable carrying case. Each case allows for three double-sided pixie snaps, giving people six surfaces to interact with. The carrying case acts like a book, allowing a user to flip between multiple pages of symbols. This innovative design makes PixiePal the perfect, portable, customizable, and splash-proof low-tech solution. You can check it out for yourself by following at PixiePal on Facebook. But that's not all. PixiePal has partnered with some amazing organizations, such as the Nika Project, the Kaizora Center, OIC Cambodia, and many more to help bring functional and affordable AAC to anyone in the world. PixiePal has been a UNICEF Champions of Children supporter since 2019. The first generation of PixiePal is blue, in tribute of UNICEF's work worldwide. A PixiePal crowdfunding campaign has already launched. You can follow, comment, and share the initiative by going to PixiePal.com. That's P-I-C-S-E-E-P-A-L.com. That's pick like picture, C like with your eyes, and pal like a friend. Send them a direct message and register your interest for one of the first PixiePals ever made. Each time a PixiePal is purchased, another PixiePal will be donated to one of these trusted partners. The goal is to donate 1 million PixiePals worldwide. To join us in being part of this global movement, go to facebook.com backslash PixiePal and hit the follow button to help bring AAC to everyone in the world who needs it. So, uh, hello everybody, this is Chris for Talking With Tech, and I am currently sitting in Caroline Musselwhite's house in her office. It's kind of um, surreal a little Mm -hmm. bit that I'm sitting here. And I'm here with um, two celebrities in AAC. Uh, First is Deanna Wagner uh, here in Arizona, and then also Krista Howard, who is also in Arizona, right? So can you start off just telling me a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? Krista, you wanna go first? I am Krista. I am working with people. WHO using devices. I am working with people. WHO using devices. Now, I know that um, also we talked more and we'll get into this later, but that's at Gompers, right? Which is an organization here in Arizona? Yes, it is. Gotcha. And I know people are going to be listening to this. You use a communication device. Can you tell people which device you're using? I am using 
accent. One, zero, zero, zero. I am using a accent 1000. 1000, all right, cool. And can we just take off the all caps so that it won't be spelling on you like it was when you said WHO? Cool. Right? Did that work? That's off. No. Cool. And Deanna, what about you? So let's, um, who are you and what do you do? So I am a speech language pathologist um, and I help with assessments and training for people who need to get new devices or to get their devices upgraded. Um, and I started the Out and About group with Caroline Musselet where we do AAC interventions um, strategically planned in our communities. Okay, well, let's talk about that. What's the Out and About? And Krista, do you participate? Do you help in that? What is Out and About? Yes, I do. And I love it. Cool. So what is it? What do you do? It is people who get together with their devices. It is people who get together with their devices. So for like a, like social reasons, just chatting and hanging out? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you started this a while ago? Yeah, so actually Out and About is more structured than just hanging out. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I feel that way. Yeah, it, was coordin- it is coordinated by speech-language pathologists. So it has a specific um, framework with invitations that include a heads up for specific vocabulary to practice, a specific place to meet, and some activities that we're planning to do. Um, This gives us a chance to review and practice ahead of time rather than just showing up and counting on people already knowing what to say or what we're going to be talking about. Okay, so what can you give us a little insight into what that planning looks like? Like if you were the, the a session was going to happen, you're going to have this out and about experience. What is, how does it look like? Well, for example, next week is one of Caroline's favorite out and abouts. We're going out to the park, and Krista does one of the activities when we're there that she's gotten really good at. I do. A treasure. Hunt with our devices and using vocabulary and core words. I do a treasure hunt with our devices and using vocabulary and core words. Wait, tell me more about that, because I love treasure hunts, and I love, like, have you ever heard of geocaching, where you hide the, and you have to find the little mm-hmm. things around? So what is that like? What is the treasure hunt like? Do you, like, hide words around, and they have to find them sort of thing? And find something, somethings in trees and and find some things in trees and somewhere. I think I get it. I think I get it. So you might say something like, find something that bites. And now you yes. go along looking for something about Find something that tickles and you find something. Find so, something that's green. Right. <laughs> so we will do, um, uh, spend some time talking about a category of words, like a describing word, and we'll write it on a post-it note. And then we'll go looking for something that would represent that. And then when we get back, we have everybody vote because we take a picture of what we found and talk about which words match which picture. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How much fun is that? Do you work in teams or is everyone doing individually? I mean, is it a competition or just kind of we're just messing around, you know? With a partner. With a partner. So pairs. And usually people come 
with their family members. And so that often ends up being the partner is... Yes, it is. I love... When... Sibling... Siblings... Helps. Yes, it is. I love when siblings helps. Yeah, it totally makes it makes it more fun, right? It's a whole family experience. Can I ask how many people participate generally? I mean, how many families come? Is there a limit, or do you have it? Is there? No. No limit. We have about six family families. No, we have about six families. And we send our invitation list to over 100 people. <laughs> um, and we do encourage people to um, RSVP so that we have an idea. Um, we have some of our favorite places, like I mentioned, this going um, to the, um, the park next week is a place that we go every year. Mm-hmm. And we have other places that are, that are new. Mm-hmm. So we, um, and we get a huge response at Christmas time. You want to share about that? Yes. Where, where else do you go? We go to a big mall and sing. Christmas songs. We go to a big mall and sing Christmas songs. And we sing horribly, <laughs> but with lots of um, pride and fun. Enthusiasm. And enthusiasm. <laughs> with our devices and people loves watch watching us with our devices and people love watching us but we don't do it like a performance it's actually an invitation to spread a good time Mm -hmm. and lots of times people sing along yes they do (laughs) i know i would suddenly (laughs) i stumbled across it and almost said oh my gosh yeah let's sing and play and have fun yeah cool so this happens all year long i mean so right there are events each month when when we can get them planned Mm -hmm. Uh, caroline is out of town in the summer and arizona gets pretty hot in the summer so we don't always (laughs) have events in july and august i yes i agree Mm -hmm. it is it is hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I, I don't know that I've ever been in the summer. It's always been in the... I've been a bunch of times, but never then. So uh, it's always beautiful when I'm here. It's beautiful here right now. Yeah. Let me ask you more about Out and About. Um, it's, is it something that you that has spread, meaning there's more, more than one um, version of it, I guess, or like a franchise? Yes. A. Grade. New. Speech-language pathologist started a group in California. Yes, a new speech-language pathologist started a group in California. So Alexis was able to do an internship with us, and the group that she started in California then is um, pretty closely aligned with the same types of activities that we do and following the manual that um, we wrote for Teachers Pay Teachers. Gotcha. So under the... Under Teachers Pay Teachers, under Caroline's name, there's an out and about manual with case studies and ideas. Um, there were stories from you when you were... One, three years 
old with two of my friends. Using accent like me. 13 years old with two of my friends who using same accent like me. And when we started, you had bigger devices that didn't sound as good. Yes. <laughs> they did. <laughs> we did. So so that was so you started out participating in out and about and now you help facilitate it. Yes. I do. Mm-hmm. There was this old commercial back uh, back in the day. You see, I don't have a lot of hair, but there was this thing called the Hair Club for Men. Do you remember those commercials? Oh, yeah. Where it was, uh, I'm not just the owner, I'm a client. You know, saying <laughs> the same thing. Uh, I participated and now I work for the company. Right? <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So the other thing about it is, so Krista mentioned the... Um, person in in California, Mm -hmm. but they're not the only ones who are following the own about model. Now that we have um, the Teachers Pay Teachers manual, we do see a lot of interest in replicating this type of um, activities all over the world. So we do have um, people who um, have asked about it in um, other countries and asked for our advice in getting um, activities going in other other countries. We've also had some specific questions from Wisconsin, from John in Wisconsin, who is an AAC user who is setting up um, some groups, and from um, a group in Oregon. I went one time to kind of help talk and facilitate how we kind of structure our meet and greets at the beginning and then have opportunities to like we mentioned the scavenger hunt, to go off and do an activity and then come back and review. And so that it's not an informal gathering, but actually um, a structured opportunity to really see some people who are still learning how to use the devices and other people who need to figure out some of the vocabulary patterns Mm -hmm. based on having the, the uh, vocabulary on a list already and some specific activities so that we're guiding the process of modeling vocabulary and vocabulary patterns. Is that all in the manual? So if you want to learn about it, you can buy the manual, kind of read about it, and get, get some of the idea of how to do this? Yeah, so in the manual, it, it talks about how to, a, a variety of different kinds of activities. It talks about in order to motivate people, some ideas for motivation. Um, can you think about some of the motivation? things that are listed in there active activity activities with points you earn like points. Com- competitions ac- activities with like winners and dual devices yeah oh tell me more it is like a race <sighs> to practice dual devices it is like a race to practice gotcha gotcha that is so for fun right i mean that makes it so motivating and fun cool um how about is there like a website or anything people could check out to learn more or maybe like a facebook group with pictures or something and explain is that i know i see sometimes that stuff pops up on facebook our facebook is private because we get permission to um take pictures but really we don't want to have just everybody looking at it totally that's so people can join our facebook by answering a question about why they would be interested in it Mm -hmm. so we have a few screening questions and i believe that in order to be invited you also have to be one of our friends gotcha i think that when you're invited to a private facebook you need to be invited by somebody who's already your friend on facebook gotcha so but we do have and we then we post our our events there and then we're also trying to do a better job of reflecting back afterwards yep ideas and support each and ideas and support each other. Mm-hmm. Like like any Facebook group, you ask questions and post things there about, uh, I don't know, experiences you've had, stuff like that? And um, when we do some activities, like we'll do um, 
experience writing activities or projects, and then we'll post you know pictures and some little stories about that show um, what we were practicing so that people get a chance to have a you know genuine audience or an expanded audience, and people who weren't there can still get a chance to find out what what happened. Yeah, sounds awesome. Awesome. So, Krista, can I ask you about your work and your future? So, can you tell me about what you do at Gompers? I help and support with the members there with their devices. I help and support with the members there with their devices. And what does that help and support look like? I do active activities and help them communicate. I do activities and help them communicate. Like what kind of activities? So there's sort of the same stuff like out and about or is it different? Yes. And literacy active activities yes and literacy activities Mm -hmm. helping people read and write yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can you give me an example of one what's something you did i don't know last week we read tar heel reader book and talk about the book. We read Tar Heel Reader book and talk about the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is just what we were talking about during the presentations yesterday and today, right? And you're, you're doing that with the people at Coppers. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And then what's coming up next for you? What's your future plans? I am going to go to school for Speech-language pathologist assistant. I am going to go to school for speech-language pathologist assistant. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you're in, right? You're in a program? Not yet. I picked one. And they're going to support me. Not yet. I picked one, and they are going to support me. Fantastic. And so when does that start? I hope in spring two zero two one. I hope in spring 2021. People listening might think you haven't been to college yet, Krista. I grade graduate graduated from a community college and I am going to university now. I graduated from a community college and I am going to university now. So what's your degree in? Educate. Education. A degree and Educate. Educational. Studies. Online. Now. Education. A degree in educational studies online now. Awesome. Are you enjoying it? Yes. I am. So just to make sure, will you finish that? Those the, the, the coursework that you're doing now online, will you finish that before you start your SLPA? Because I could see that as like a heavy load. For... Okay. Hope. So. Cool. All right, can I ask you another question? So when you and I, you and I, so here's the story for the people listening, is that Krista and I uh, had not really met before this conference, although we had seen each other at conferences and kind of floated around circles and certainly would be near each other, but never really introduced and you came over and said hey hi i'm krista um so thank you for doing that because we get to hang out and know each other now Uh, i think we're facebook friends though right yes we are we are um so when you came over to me you weren't using this communication device (laughs) 
I use used touch chat with you because I work with people who using it I was practicing mm -hmm. <laughs> I use touch chat with you because I work with people who using it I was practicing. So if you're going to model with somebody who's using touch chat, then you needed to learn touch chat. So you were practicing with it, right? Yes. I was. Yeah, which is exactly what we talked about these last two days when we talk about all the time is if you're going to model. So it means you need to learn multiple systems. And this is just what we ask teachers to do in some cases. In fact, someone came up to me during the presentation during one of the breaks and she said, well, I've got kids that are on like six different systems. You know, I have this kid in one system, another in a system. How do I do the modeling? It's like, well, I guess you'll learn the different systems. I... Yes. How many do you know, Krista? I know four system systems. I know four systems. All right. So I we saw touch chat, right? You're using Unity right now. What are the other two? Lamp and yes. Mm -hmm. Lamp and yes. That one. P2G. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a you. difficult word to spell. It is. It is. <laughs> so many people and I work with spell it wrong. I know it less. Sure, sure. I, I would imagine sort of like speaking different languages. Someone might, you know, I know Spanish better than I know Italian, right? Or uh, it's the same thing because you don't Fewer partners. Speech. Yeah, fewer, fewer partners, partners to, to practice, practice with, with. on ProLoco to go mm -hmm. compared to the other two. Okay. I have... Two members only using it. I have two members only using it. And how many are using LAMP? I have four members who using. I have four members who using LAMP. Okay, that's six total. How many members do you have in general? Or can you even count? Is that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I work with 20 members over and over so and also unity and then are there other systems as well that you haven't yet learned i have touch chat mm -hmm. a I have touch chat a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a pretty common recommendation mm -hmm. at the um, day program based on the language levels that can be supported by the staff that's there. It's familiar. Gotcha. Yep. yep. So sometimes it kind of continues on based on mm -hmm. the snowballing effect of other people uh, yep. being familiar with it. Yep. We have four iPad, iPads in each room of one, five rooms with apps on it. We have four iPads in each room of 15 rooms with apps on it. Like, touch, chat, and like touch, chat, and bam. So those iPads are meant to be like the modeling iPads. And you're, depending on who yes. you're talking to, you kind of just flip over and say, oh yeah, you're a lamp user, so I flip <laughs> over to lamp. Oh, you're touch chat, I flip over to that. Okay, cool, makes sense. Um, Deanna. Yes. Like, let me ask you. So you and I played email tag for a while about being on the podcast. Uh, I think it was right around the time when you were planning for your presentations in Singapore. So, which is also a very unique situation. We don't get a lot of people, but I really like to shine a spotlight on this podcast about the international work that's being done. So, can you talk about that experience a little bit? How did you get involved? What was it like when you were there? So, I think that. Um being involved in USAC and ISAC has been a cornerstone for um, worldwide interventions. And so have, raising AAC awareness through um, the um, Isaac groups 
I'm trying to think of what was the name of the group that Harvey and Sarah do. That's a travel group. I can't think of it right now. But um, one of the um, international uh, connections is through um, the Bridge School, where they have a teacher in residence who comes from another country and studies and teaches at the Bridge School each year. So Vicky Casella invites people, and I've um, been friends... And Caroline has made friends with people from these other countries, so it's given us a connection and an opportunity to, to travel. So when I was at Isaac in Australia, I went to one of these meetings, mm-hmm. and I said, when Bridge School hosts their AAC by the Bay, instead of going two hours north of my house to attend it remotely, mm-hmm. I would like to travel to another country to attend it remotely. And that was when one of these, um, a couple of the teachers had said that back in their home countries, they would be interested in in hosting me to do a workshop. Mm -hmm. So I had an invitation for uh, Mexico from um, Gabriela Berlanga in Mexico, who has a catik, and she had said that... um, they were already they already had something secret coming up so when um isaac ended i heard that there were the hosts they're helping host the isaac this year uh-huh. so they were just announcing that isaac was going to be in mexico and that they were going to be doing it in in cancun mm-hmm. so um so then I, I went to Singapore with Sarah Young, who had been one of the Bridge School teachers in residence. So, and so what was that experience like? Learning with a presentation? What's it like? What's AAC in Singapore like? So their AAC um, is somewhat similar um, because they have English as their language of instruction in Singapore. Oh, okay. Um, and the, one of the big differences is that the um, prevalence of iPads isn't as um, pervasive. So they do a lot, a wider variety of multimodal communication strategies. Okay. Um, Although I was really surprised to see that there was still a lot of um, fundraising for um, applications in um, on the iPads as well, and, and, and applications on computer-based communication systems. And so there still was a number of options for people to be using high-tech, but we um, definitely had conversations about how to use... Um, mid-tech and Mm light-tech. My session, we talked a lot about how to um, print off core language boards to support um, people generating their own ideas, making sure that those boards had the alphabet on them so that they could say whatever they wanted to say. And and then we did a lot with... um, Marking up photos. So we spent a lot of time talking about how you can airdrop a photo into somebody else's device, and then it kind of interrupts whatever else you were doing at the time. Uh So it was kind of fun that they were sending pictures up to me as I was presenting. They would airdrop something, and I'd have to decide if I wanted to accept it or not. So that was an interesting way to get somebody's attention to send a picture off like that. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So we we actually have started using that sometimes in Out and About where we'll be doing something and then all of a sudden start to um, airdrop a picture. It was very interesting. We were at a dance, a prom-like dance, the Night to Shine. That's also an international event now, including people who use AAC, but people who have special needs um, who may not have had an opportunity to be in a special prom um, are are, um, meeting in... Do you remember how many countries or how many places they said? Like... One, zero. Whoa. Zero. Like yeah. 100. Yeah, and so it was a, you know, a special dance, where a dress-up dance, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and so at the end of this dance, I was asking one of the guys, did you have a lot of fun? And he pulls up his iPad, and he pushes a few buttons, and I get a notification, and it says, would you like to accept 43 <laughs> pictures and seven videos? Oh. <laughs> uh, I wasn't planning on accepting 43 pictures and seven videos. <laughs> but 
I think he was sending it to everybody who happened to have an iPhone or an iPad mm-hmm. in the room. Mm-hmm. So then we had to have a little conversation about safety. Yeah, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, that you should only send pictures to people you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you, you know, make sure that you're... And how else do you have those conversations unless it happens? And now this That's is right. a moment. It's, it's, a, it's a teachable moment, I think, that we say. Um, all right, let me ask, because people can hear in the background. Uh, I'm sure they can hear the, the laughter going on. I've got you sequestered here in this room uh, talking to us. So let me wrap up with kind of a final, uh, maybe maybe two final questions. One is, I know I'm going to see you again soon because you're both going to uh, Pittsburgh, am I right, uh, in June? I know I'm presenting there, you are too. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yes. What, are you, what are you going to be talking about? I am going to presence on unity with three others we are going to talk with about our unity experience yes i am going to present on unity with three others we are going to talk about our unity experience Mm -hmm. and are are those three others local or are they from all over the country and how are you coordinating that each other is going to talk about their life not together each other is going to talk about their life not together gotcha you each have a few minutes and tell your story and people ask questions and chat and then move on to the next person sort of thing okay. yes mm-hmm. i think it's a panel isn't it so mm-hmm. that they can ask questions afterwards yes it is Okay, I see my fingers crossed because I, I, I'm also presenting and I got to make sure I'm not presenting at the same time you are so I can be there. <laughs> and you're presenting as well. I have a poster session. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm doing examples of um, activities that people can do at home but don't call it homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just fun work. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, last question and then we'll go play. Um, What's something that you're thinking about in the world of AAC? I like to ask this question, what are you questing after? What are you? Uh, what are some cu- things you're curious about? Or you wish you knew more about, or just, in general, got your mind going about when it comes to AAC? I would love to learn and teach people with people with devices i would love to learn and teach with people with devices mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the and you're on the right path I mean, first you're already doing it and two the slpa coming up right yes mm-hmm. and with your educational background right i would love to learn a lot of things. I would love to learn a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The love of learning. Mm-hmm. And what about you? What have you been thinking about? What's uh, What are you questing after? Well, I think that for me, I am always looking for ways that things can be easier, I guess, that it seems like the ways that we're integrating the different types of multimodal strategies are just getting so much more fluid Mm -hmm. and so that it's not so so hard anymore to show somebody how to do something. Um, So I, I think the ways that we can demonstrate, do demonstrations. I'm really curious how that's going to change over time. I know that when I was in high school doing Special Olympics, I wasn't taking 
pictures of anybody and mm -hmm. posting it anywhere. There was no internet. Right, right. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and so um, it's, very, it's very interesting. I have a lot of curiosity about what digital sharing will look like in the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In fact, if you don't mind me sharing this, uh, yesterday part of your presentation was about using the screen recording feature of iPads to just show short little videos of how to model for certain words, right? And that didn't exist. Even on iPads, have been around for a while, but that feature wasn't around. So. Yeah, that's, we've only been able to do that for the last couple of years and mm -hmm. only do it easily in the, the last version of the operating system, really. Yeah, yeah. So what's the next thing that's going to make it even easier? Yeah, yeah. cool. All right, well, thank you so much. Can we go? Let's go play and eat. Yeah. All right, good. cool. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, thanks, everybody. Hi, I'm Mayling Chan. And I'm Martin Sibley. And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high-profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability. Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real-life journeys. So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world. You're listening to the Exceptional Podcast Network.